0: You're listening to the Apple Insider Podcast.
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 31 of the Apple Insider Podcast, coming to you live via tape delay and the internet from Thursday, August 27th, 2015. Victor is off again this week, so you'll have to put up with me one more time. I'm Shane, and joining me tonight are the angry rantings of Neil Hughes. Err. <laughs> And the dulcet FM radio-ready tones of Mikey Campbell. Hey, out there. (laughs) (laughs) So, we'll start off with the big news of today. This is Thursday. Everybody knows what happened, because you're listening on Friday. Usain Bolt was hit by a Segway after winning (laughs) the 200 meters at the World Championships.
0: Those things are dangerous, man. Only when piloted by uh, Asian men. (laughs)
1: That was an off-road segue, too. That was no ordinary model. No, the actual big news of the day, Apple sent out invitations confirming that next week on September 9th, they will rent out a giant 7,000-seat arena to introduce us to something. Guys, what do we think?
2: Uh, well, uh, they have a huge arena, and no one really knows why they're using it, but I guess we'll find out next week. Obviously, new iPhones, new Apple TV. Um, uh, maybe iPads, uh, maybe a little bit more Apple watch stuff. We'll see.
0: Considering, uh, everything that we write almost every single day is, are those three things that I think people have a pretty good idea of what's going on. <laughs> oh, Apple car. No. <laughs> what? Come on. They're, look, they're going to put it in, uh, the, uh, the globe of death. They're going to put two of them in there. <laughs> Uh, motorbike style. Yeah. And um, you're going to, you know, run it around. That's why they need the big space.
2: All right. So, for those aren't, who aren't up to speed, let's at least give them a rundown of what we're expecting, right, in the new iPhones, because that's what everybody who's listening wants to hear. So, uh, you're going to, we're expecting two new iPhones, same, same regular designs last year, 4.7 inch, 5.5 5 inch screens. Uh, presumably, they're called 6S and 6S Plus. Quite unfortunate names, but whatever, it's just a name. Um, And we're expecting the main hallmark feature to be forced touch Which is the same thing on the Apple Watch and new MacBooks Where you can press harder on the screen and it'll bring up new options, new menus Something, who knows how it's going to operate And then other than that, some of the requisite updates, uh, higher resolution cameras Um, It's been rumored there's going to be a forward facing flash um, on the new one So your selfies are going to look great in the dark and uh there's even a rumor that maybe the rear camera will shoot 4K video um which is ultra high resolution and uh is there anything else that i'm missing there guys
0: smaller battery it will also <laughs> make just toast. what we need yes yes
2: it runs really hot so i mean oh and, and new new colors right
0: well, one new one new color one, uh, one, new, one color,
2: new color which is as road one gold.
1: as w- road gold As one person says, unmistakably rose gold in name.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Just in case you were mistaken with the other rose gold. Yes.
2: Yes, this is not. But it will presumably not be made of actual gold unless they wanted to start making a gold iPhone, which seems like a terrible idea to me.
1: Well, I live in China and I've seen many actual gold iPhones, and I can tell you, (laughs) you are correct. It's a terrible idea.
0: (laughs) I'd buy a stainless phone.
1: And you would get no reception.
0: I know, but it'd be be pretty sick, though. Pretty sick. Yeah. Because I'm really, I don't know, the the 6 and the uh, 6 Plus. I mean, I thought the 5 was light, but I mean, these are like airy. I kind (laughs) of want some weight. I, I miss that feeling of uh, holding a, a brick in my hand.
2: Well, the rumor is that it's going to switch to seven thousand series aluminum, which is the same as on the watch. Um, is that heavier than what they're using now at all?
0: No, I think it's this, I think it's pretty comparable yeah. to what they're using. It's just a different uh, atomic st- structuring. I don't know. I'm not a. I'm not a material scientist, so I don't know.
1: What you have misled us the whole time.
2: I I was talking with Shane about this earlier because I installed watchOS 2 beta on my watch and uh, still pretty buggy. I would be surprised if it ships with iOS 9. It seems like it's buggier than iOS 9. It might take a little longer for it to debut. One of the things I noticed was because I run with my watch and I have music loaded directly onto the watch – And um, it used to be that if you wanted to switch the input source for music, you would have to uh, force touch in the music app, right? And you would uh, select not to get music from your phone, but to get it from your watch. And it wouldn't even switch by default, um, even when uh, your f- phone wasn't even within range. It still was trying to find your phone and saying there's no music available. What they've done in watchOS 2 is they've gotten rid of the need for f- force touch for it. And it's actually you can scroll up, and it's just a menu that's there to switch the source. And my theory on that is they probably did that because they found people using the watch didn't know to do force touch to change the input. And so I raised that uh, discussion because I wonder... Uh, with Force Touch on the iPhone. How intuitive is this going to be for people, especially if there are menus that you can only access with Force Touch? How do you make it so that people know, know where and when to use Force Touch on a device like an iPhone?
1: It will not be intuitive at all, and people will hate it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, that, it, it could be that. But they could. I mean, they have a lot more screen real estate. They could put some sort of graphic up. Uh, you, you know, kind of like, like um, on the watch, where if you go and pass passbook Mm -hmm. you can't um you know you can't go into passbook and just pay from there you have to give you a cue to uh, double tap the button right so they could do something like that i mean they have so much screen real estate i don't know but what they can't do is uh just hide away contextual menus like they have now and have people snooping around in there and figuring out what's what
2: yeah because one of the rumors is that they want to get rid of all the dot dot dots that are on the new music app right and you can replace that with force touch which sounds great until you know you start thinking about there's no visual cue that that's how you make a new playlist or something like that so it'll be interesting for me to see how they address that or even if they address that
1: if their recent history is any
2: indication uh they will not address that
0: They'll just move all of those menu items into a force touch menu, and no one will be able to do anything.
2: Okay, so what do you guys think? Watch OS two next week or no?
0: Uh, the way it is now, I hope not. But <laughs> I don't, I don't think so.
2: Okay, so let's talk about talk about Apple TV then. Um, the rumors are Siri, which the invitation would seem to indicate. Uh, it, it says, "Hey Siri, give us a hint." Uh, Apple. Brill- Uh, updated Siri today so that it would start answering with cutesy little answers when uh, you asked it that question. Um, So Siri input, uh, touchpad remote, app store. What else do you guys think there could be for the Apple TV? Hmm. I
0: mean, app store is questionable, right?
1: First of all, why are people so obsessed with the idea of an app store on TV? Has it really been proven to be such a massive success elsewhere other than buying uh, channel apps right what the, what else is i mean we talked about the gaming applications last week or the week before. right um aside from that and i've decided i want hbo today let me download the thing oh i don't like hbo anymore let me delete the thing what's the what are we doing are we going to be browsing? Or, is this web tv chat. again like when i was in no. sixth grade web tv was the shit but what are you doing now what are you doing with an apps on your
2: tv Well, right now it's a weird process. How do you get on the Apple TV? How do they select who's on there? A great example, there is no Amazon Prime on there right now. So you have to AirPlay from your iPad or your iPhone if you want to watch on your Apple TV. So presumably, if they opened up an app store, then companies like Amazon would be able to stream their content on there. I mean, you could even see a Google Play on there. And if you own movies on Google Play, watch them on your Apple TV. You can already do that on your iPhone, so why not on your Apple TV?
1: Well, I think the reason there's no Amazon is because Amazon doesn't want to be on the Apple TV. It's Maybe. Not as, I don't, I don't it's know. Not as, no, it's not as though they're going to open up an app store and suddenly everyone who's not there will be there, right? It's still going to be a curated app store just like every other app store. I think the reason right. there aren't that Amazon's on the Apple TV is the same reason that some other channel who I suddenly can't remember is not on the Apple TV, which is that they don't want to conform to Apple's specifications. Google Play? No, there's some other channel that has... Oh, it's Sling TV. The reason Sling TV is not on the Apple TV, they've actually Uh-oh. come out and said this, is because they did not want to build an Apple TV channel to Apple's specs. There's a reason every Apple TV channel looks exactly the same, because Apple defines what they can look like and how they can work. And Sling said, no, I'm sorry, screw you, we're not going to do that. We'll go on the iPad and the iPhone, but we're not going to build an Apple TV app. And I think that's exactly what everyone else is running into, too. They don't want to play Apple's game, and that's not going to change just because there's an app store.
2: Well, it's kind of clandestine now, though, though. Nobody really knows what the process is. What if I'm a small-time content maker, and I don't want to go on YouTube, and I want to make my stuff available on Apple TV? I mean, I'll never get on there. You have to have some sort of a name brand, right?
1: And you'll never make any money doing that either. Well, yeah,
2: that's true, too.
1: I mean, I...
2: I Maybe I, Apple could monetize it. I add video, you know, pre-roll videos and stuff like that, and there would be an incentive for people to do video content on there. Maybe even move away from YouTube and uh, release their content on Apple TV, a uh, whole platform could evolve from it i I could see some potential there
1: yeah from a content growth perspective i don't think you're ever going to see a situation in which the apple tv becomes a platform for the little guy you know it's always going to (laughs) be the big guy um yeah and other than that aside from that and games i you can make the argument for games i still think it's ridiculous but you can make the argument for games what else could you possibly do with an app store? I mean, I just—I'm waiting for the first guy to release
2: the flashlight app for Apple TV. I mean, we really, white. Sort of cro- <laughs> we really need some sort of a. We really need some sort of a cross-platform search method, right? If I have Amazon, if it's on on there, if I have Netflix, if I have iTunes, if I have whatever, search for this movie and tell me where the heck can I watch it.
1: One of the reasons I don't think that content is super important to them, I mean third-party content, is because of AirPlay. If you, does anybody really have a problem with using Prime Video on their Apple TV via AirPlay now?
2: I mean, if I didn't have to pick up my phone and I could just sit on the couch and talk to it and have it work for me, that would be pretty great.
1: Yeah, I don't dispute that. but I don't know. I just, I just think the So you don't, you don't
2: sound very excited about a new Apple TV then, huh?
1: I just think the prospect of an Apple TV app store is absurd. Like, well, I I, I have the a process- theory that it. Go ahead. go ahead.
2: No, you go. Okay. I have a theory that there will not be an app store for for the Apple TV at launch. If you look at Apple's past when they've launched app stores. Um, it's always months before it actually becomes available. So that way they can launch the App Store and say, hey, we have over a 1,000 apps on there, over 500 apps or whatever it is. Uh, the iPad was announced and came out three months later. The Apple Watch was announced and came out about six months later. Uh, the iPhone App Store was announced month- months before it actually launched. That way they actually had stuff in the store. Uh, with no t- time to put apps on the store, if it were to launch you know, day and date with the product, Um, I would not be surprised if the Apple TV software out of the box when it launches does not have an app store and it's a update either later this year or maybe even early next year. You can remember that Apple did the same thing with the second gen Apple TV with AirPlay. Uh, They shipped it in the fall with no AirPlay. It didn't actually arrive until an Apple TV and iOS update in early the next year, 2011, 2012, whatever it was. So I think you'll see the same thing time. It won't have an app store right out of the gate.
1: I don't know. While you were saying that, I was thinking there is one category of stuff that I can imagine doing well on a TV, and it's coincidentally or not what every other smart TV maker uses to uh, sell their TVs, which is Skype and FaceTime.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. I I think there's an argument to be made that while there may not be an app store per se, there will be apps. I think that's a scenario that you can easily justify.
2: Well, one question I have about that is then where's the camera? In well, the TV. that is a
1: valid question,
2: and I, mean, I TV don't TV. have an Never. answer for you. Well, we touched on this last week, right? If you're going to do one of these and you want to have good sound pickup and all that, you need to do something like Microsoft does with Connect, where it's a separate accessory with, that's wired, and that just does not seem like an Apple-like approach. Maybe it You have be to think that connect- whatever Apple does, <laughs> maybe... <laughs> I mean... I don't think that they're going to have something that plugs into the Apple TV that has a camera and a mic. I think it's going to be an all-in-one design.
1: What if it's something wireless? That it, has it could a just look like
0: a mic? Connect. Yeah,
2: could yeah. Be. I mean, they could. They could. They could uh, drop the hockey puck form too and make it some Connect that is the device that sits under your TV and is constantly watching you.
0: That would be creepy.
2: Great. But I mean, what do you what, what do you guys think they're they're going to this big arena for? Then I mean. The iPhone sounds like you know a mid-cycle upgrade as normal. The Apple TV um, could be cool, but that's not exactly a needle mover for them. Why why get this big arena? Do you think maybe they have a surprise in the works or what? It's the Apple Car.
0: Maybe they're gonna blow out Yeah, well they're gonna blow out all their products for 2015 at one at one show. Here's an iPad th- everything.
1: Here's an interesting thing. So the Apple Watch launch was a bigger. Venue also, and you had people yeah. going, uh, Oh, look, I got an invite to the Apple event, or like fashion people and stuff like that. But there hasn't been a similar thing today. So, I don't do we really believe they're actually inviting 7,000 people, or they just got a bigger venue because they had they wanted to do something else? Last time they built a whole new building, this time maybe they were like, Yeah, we don't want to build a building again, we're just gonna do it inside.
0: Yes, but it would still be a huge. That's a huge space.
2: I mean, they're more than doubling what they did for the Apple Watch event in terms of seats. So unless they're going to tarp off empty seats, I don't know what the game plan is here.
1: Like the Jacksonville Jaguars. (laughs) Um, Benedict Evans, who's a partner at A16Z, it's a VC firm in the Valley, um, tweet. I think it was him, he tweeted the other day randomly, I'm sitting here thinking about how many Apple stores around the world are designed so that you can easily put a car in the window.
0: Oh yeah, I read that. Interesting.
1: Yeah. So I don't know. This we'll is what
0: see. they were thinking all along, all <laughs> along.
2: Steve Jobs planned this. Plan planned to it together.
1: So, it's- but I mean,
2: nobody's realistically expecting a car next week, right? Or in a no. couple weeks now. Uh, I am. Uh, no, no, I'm just kidding. Do you guys think we'll see iPads or no?
0: No. That's a possibility. I mean, I, I wouldn't rule it out.
1: Because even if it was the about uh, a... even if it was the iPad Pro, right? A twenty seven inch iPad or whatever. Is that really <laughs> a massive thing? I mean, not physically speaking. Is it is it a big event? I don't think so. It's just a big iPad.
2: I think it's the main uh topic of another event. I think they're gonna do the same thing they've done years past. Uh, October event, iPads, Macs, um, El Capitan and iPad Pro would be my guess. Maybe maybe like, like 21.5 inch Retina iMac maybe a uh, Retina Thunderbolt display new Mac Pro well but i mean that's too much for that's too much for one event they're not going to do it at the September event
1: can i just say I i'm actually going tomorrow afternoon to pick up a new 5k monitor and if they release a Retina Thunderbolt display a month after i buy that i'm going to hunt someone down and do
2: something <laughs> terrible now you know it's going to happen. Yeah, probably.
1: Anyway, it's safe <laughs> to say that no matter what happens at next week's event, which, by the way, I, we, we touched on earlier. We said that Siri has some cute replies now. I think that you did not accurately value her replies because one of them is a lyric from a Jay-Z song. Now, <laughs> I'm sorry. You ask Siri, give me a hint. Or actually, I guess you instruct Siri, give me a hint. And she responds with, can you get a hint? No. You can, however, get a what-what. <laughs> Which I think, given that Dr. Dre is a Apple executive, uh, is inexcusable. An inexcusable oversight. Anyway, it's sure that whatever happens at the event, uh, Wall Street is not going to be happy. Because they're totally irrational and insane.
2: Do you remember the... Um the glitch a few months ago where if you ask Siri for loud farts, it would try to play Rihanna.
1: No, but that's hilarious.
2: (laughs) If you say Siri play loud farts, it says, okay, playing what's my name featuring Drake by Rihanna. Out of curiosity, Uh,
1: how many times did you demo that at a bar?
2: (laughs) I actually have not, but I read about it online. I was like, there's no way this happens. And then sure enough, it works. So that's a weird glitch.
1: So as I was saying before we start talking about farts, No matter what happens, (laughs) Wall Street will not be happy. They're never happy. They never will be happy until Apple takes over the world. They will never, ever, ever be happy. Last week, Apple, they've been going down for a while, but last week they totally cratered. One day they opened below 100, and it was so bad that Tim Cook felt it was necessary to correct the record. So he did what the CEO of the world's richest corporation would do in that situation and he emailed Jim Cramer and he said (laughs) and he said the kingmaker he said everything's fine Uh, don't worry." the the problem they were having is that everybody thought there's a huge economic slowdown in China China is a big market for Apple therefore Apple's doomed so Tim was like look Jim uh, actually everything's fine in China it's doing well the App Store had our best two weeks ever we're seeing strong growth in the iPhone So would you all, you know, please back off? And the stock immediately rallied to like 105. And then, mere moments later, I apologize, I'm monopolizing our airtime. Mere moments later, uh, somebody said, excuse me, why is the securities and what the hell is the SEC? Wow, I just totally blinked.
0: Securities and Exchange Commission.
1: That's what I was gonna say, but it seemed wrong. Anyway, why is the SEC (laughs) not not looking into this email to Jim Cramer? Surely this is insider trading. So that was the progression of the Wall Street insanity last week. Apple went way down. Apple went way back up. I believe Tim Cook's going to prison.
2: Southeastern Conference should be looking into it.
1: Yeah. See, that's exactly what I think. Every time I hear SEC, (laughs) for those who don't know, both Neil and I went to Southeastern Conference schools. The same school, actually.
2: Go gators. Uh yeah, I mean that's typical Wall Street nonsense for you, right? Um <laughs> it's just the fact that TV personality needs to get emailed from a CEO to help the stock out is just like, are we living in Looney Land here or something? I I don't get it.
1: Yeah, I don't really Bad know money. what to say about this. And plus they're Bad. they're uh Earnings ratio is way down. It's like 16 times or something. Yeah. And Netflix is 235 times or whatever. That's probably totally Well, wrong. let's not forget,
2: too, that all of this happened in a backdrop of where the entire market was doing awful uh, last Friday and and this Monday. It was down, I think, 550, 600 points last Friday. And then it opened immediately Monday, down over 1,000 points um, and rebounded as the day went on. But still... Uh, there's a lot of fears about the global economy, particularly in China. And that backdrop is in which uh, the concerns about Apple have come from, where uh, they're afraid that the growth that's being driven by China is going to fall off a cliff, even though there's no real evidence that it's going to affect Apple in that way.
1: There's no real evidence it's going to affect anyone in that way except, like, well, yeah. Gucci and Prada. I mean... What is the, the old retail trope? Luxury? I guess not a retail trope, just a, a trope in general. Luxury brands always survive recessions. And Apple is, for better or worse, a luxury brand. I mean, that's where they've positioned themselves. It's where they want to be, and that's what they are. I would like to mm-hmm. remind every I live in China, and I would like to remind everyone who is freaking out about this that, one, the uh, Chinese Communist Party has a lot of money, and, two, there are <laughs> 1.5 billion people in china and not all of them are going to become poor again at the same time so chill
0: i'm not sure if you heard but uh trump had something to say about that today oh did he Uh,
1: i didn't hear please please tell
0: uh he was uh basically talking about east asian business relations and (laughs) he made a uh, he made a a semi-racist remark, something about um, how when, you know, like Americans or Europeans come into the room in, during a business deal, they say, hey, how's it going? You know, how the how's, how's the U.S., how's the, how the Yankees doing? But uh, when someone from Japan or uh, China enters the room, they uh, say, uh, we want a deal. <laughs> and I'm not, did, I'm not, did not he saying actually that use that expert. is exactly what he said. He said, yeah, he did. Did he really? Except that yeah, he did use the accent. Except it came out more like a, a he doesn't really have the the ethnic accent down, so it sounded more like a caveman kind of <laughs> uh, we want we want deal.
1: Well, you used to live in Japan and I used to live in Japan, and I think we can both tell yeah. him that he's completely incorrect because that's nowhere near how a Japanese <laughs> yeah. meeting <medium> would go.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's funny though. Yeah, I feel like he just wants to offend everybody, and and it's working, right? Yeah, I mean he's up in the polls.
1: Well, that's how you. It's great. That's how you get up in the polls. You offend everyone except for the people who actually answer the phone.
0: <laughs> yep. Sounds good to me. So, if All I, let's was, move on before
2: we offend our listeners.
1: Hey, that's what I was doing. Calm yourself down. If I was Donald Trump, <laughs> aside from a gold Apple Watch edition, the one thing that I would want. It's a smart band for my gold Apple Watch Edition, probably to tell me how much of a jackass I'm being. There's a rumor <laughs> that just such a program is underway, uh, not the jackass detection program, but other smart bands. Uh, and in 2016, Apple Watch owners will be able to buy said smart bands and add functionality to their watches. There's no word on what the functionality would be. Uh, presumably, it's you know blood pressure tracking or something. Uh, But, yeah, that's out there. Pebble did it first. Who will wear it better?
2: This was a rumor that I wasn't really too sold on. It seemed a little out there. But our readers uh, really responded to it and said it just made too much sense. So I guess I'm in the minority on that one. Um, Some of the the stuff that I've said that they could make these smart bands for is to read blood oxygen levels, respiratory rate, blood pressure, body temperature, stuff like that. There was some weird, weird claim there like that the Apple Watch wouldn't be able to read body temperature um, accurately on uh, the side of the watch because of heat from the device when it runs and charges and stuff. Maybe there's some truth to that. I don't know. Um, but basically, the this all hinges upon a hidden port that a lot of people don't realize is inside one of the grooves that the bands slide into. It is on all shipping watches. It's a diagnostic port, and it's covered up. Um and you can actually uh if you wanted to i guess remove it, uh but there's nothing that really attaches in there at the moment the The one thing that concerns me about this is you wouldn't be able to install one of these smart bands on your own because of the fact that you have to remove this thing and insert it into the port and all that right so i you'd have to i guess go into an apple store
0: and they'd have to install the band for you or something but or they uh, could yeah I mean they could just. Who knows? I mean, has anyone tested the waterproofiness of the port? I mean, maybe it's pre-built or it's already built to be waterproof. Maybe. And all they have to do is remove that that little trapdoor once the time is is ready. How do, how it's does it remove close. though?
2: Do you just remove it like with a with a paperclip? Like I've seen do? people
0: remove it with like a knife. Yeah. <laughs> I, it, it I think it's just kind of it takes like a like a little tool. I think uh, Apple the uh, Apple store peeps at the genius bar have like a little tool that pops it out.
2: And that's how they like test the, what do they do at the store with it, with the port? How's it used now?
0: Um, diagnostics. And also they, well, when in they ship out, the, um, that's where they connect the battery and data right. connection for the, um, you know, the, the, demo the watch Yeah. The stands. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So you can get power through it and stuff. Um, and the, the idea behind this, at least according to the rumor, is that Apple realizes that people aren't going to buy a new watch every year, especially when they cost $350, and up. So this would be a way to add some functionality to the watch that people want, might want, like for myself, GPS, uh, that they wouldn't have to buy an entirely new watch and could just set instead buy a cheaper band and it would be a way for Apple to keep selling stuff to people. So uh, some of it makes some sense. I don't I don't know how true this is but it raises some interesting questions just about you know, uh, where the watch is going and, and, and what they could do with it going forward.
1: I'm imagining a scenario in which somebody buys like two bands, right? They buy a, a blood oxygen band and a GPS band. The idea of a GPS band is hilarious. But they buy a blood oxygen <laughs> band and a GPS band and then they go running one day and they're like, damn! I got my blood oxygen band on and then they go to the doctor the next day. And like, damn, <laughs> I forgot to change out the
2: GPS band.
1: They're like, this is, It's going to be insane. There's no way that's ever actually going to
2: happen. And how thin and stylish could you make these bands if they start having crap in it? Right?
0: Yeah. Mm, I worry about weight. That too. Cause I mean, this thing is art. When I go running, I have the stainless one, right? So when I go running, it, it already kind of flops around a bit.
2: Why don't
0: you band issue? I do have a sport band.
2: But don't I don't, I don't, I don't wear it bands.
0: so tight that my hand turns blue. Look, I'm like right in between sizes, okay? <laughs> <laughs> At least you don't have a small uh...
2: one. It's true. So I do swap my bands all the time. I have the uh, magnetic uh, leather loop band in blue, um, and then I have the black sport that came with my space gray sport. And then I got a uh, black stainless steel uh, knockoff band from Amazon for like $35 that I'll wear if I'm like, dressed up or something.
1: Wow, you have a lot of bands.
0: Yeah, I only have the – yeah. I, I have the sport because it's the most comfortable and I don't care what I look like. So Yeah,
2: I wear the sport <laughs> all the time. The, uh, the, the one I use daily is the leather loop band. Um, I resize it a lot and it's easy with the uh, – with a magnet on there, and then when I go for a run or exercises or anything, I use a sport band. But swapping them is very easy, and I really like it. So if they could find a way to stuff something inside of a band that didn't look ridiculous, maybe. But I'm not sure how much I'd buy this rumor. But like I said, our readers were all about it; they thought it was a great idea.
0: I mean, it'd be a great idea. It would. It would also. Ha- it's depending on what is inside. It would also have to have its own small battery, right? I mean, because if you put like a GPS. On something that's really power hungry. Yeah, you're gonna cut down on the watch's already limited battery life. So you're gonna maybe have to put a battery in there. I don't know.
2: And this starts to remind me of the Microsoft Band, which is one of the many terrible sport bands and smartwatches that I tested before the Apple Watch came out. And uh, the Microsoft Band is like wrapped all the way around, it. it's thick uh, with like battery in it and different parts on in different sections of it. So the opposite end has the heart rate monitor from the screen and it's meant to be worn inside the wrist. And it's just an ergonomic nightmare. I mean, the thing is just, it's pretty terrible. Uh, it's a great GPS sport running watch, but you wouldn't want to wear it like with a suit or anything like that. I mean, it's just, it's not very good. And that reminds me of another issue that I run into with the Microsoft band when I was using it. Sometimes it takes like 15 minutes to get a GPS lock on it. And people don't realize like when you use your iPhone, It gets a GPS lock much quicker because it's not actually getting GPS. It's triangulating your location through Wi-Fi signals, cell towers, and other stuff to help narrow down where you are because GPS can take a while to lock on. And with a Microsoft Band, it can't do any of that stuff. So I've taken it out before and gone on an entire run, and it never got a GPS lock the entire time I ran.
1: Well, if you do eventually get a smart band for your Apple Watch, you may be able to buy them at Best Buy because Apple and Best Buy are sitting even higher in the tree now.
0: They're best buds. They are okay.
1: They are best buds. So the Apple Watch came to Best Buy, uh, like a few 100 locations or something, 100 locations uh, earlier yeah. in August. And I guess it did really well. Uh, the original plan was to have it in, I think, 300 stores by the holidays. Uh, but now they're going to put it in every single uh, Best Buy outlet. Screw that! September. We want the money! Yeah, really. Um, they're also getting... I mean,
0: this is a pretty big deal, right? Yeah, I mean... I wonder what the, the breakdown is for the demographic shopping at Best Buy as far as sales, you know. I want to know. Versus I want to know how many
1: people who shop at Best Buy and buy an Apple Watch go in to the store and look around and buy the Apple Watch and versus order it online. Because I know a ton of people who will only go to Best Buy because they can order something online and then go
2: pick it up immediately. Why? Yeah. Why would they do that? No one likes to go to Best I, Buy. I, I do it, and it always takes me longer. You go in there, and they go, "What did you buy?" and they can't find it, and they have to go have somebody just pick it up from where it was sitting on the shelf, anyhow.
1: Well, that's because nobody Where's likes you. That?
0: <laughs> that story of my life. Wait, are you Neil Hughes? Yeah. <laughs> have my yeah, my picture. Let, printed let me go. Up. Let me go look for that for you. I'll be. Uh, yeah, I'll be back.
2: It always takes me longer. But, I mean, this seems like a pretty big deal to me. You have, uh, what, something like 300 uh, Best Buys have a store within a store, the Apple Store in there. This is coming so to many over 1,000 Best Buys. Is it more than that?
1: Oh, yeah, it's yeah. over. It's almost 1,000 have stores. Oh, is single it? One has a store within a store now. And they're also getting Oh, available. really? So not only is the Apple Watch going, but the stores within stores, within stores, within stores, within stores, within stores, within stores are getting uh, expanded, and they're getting, uh, I guess, new fixtures and more toys to play with.
2: And Best Buy just reported their earnings last week, and they surprised and and exceeded Wall Street expectations. So they're a company that like two, three years ago some people thought wasn't even going to survive, and they seem to be doing pretty well right now. And so this growing partnership with Apple I think is a beneficial thing for both companies.
1: There's The Best Buy victory in the big box electronic store wars has done a lot of disservice to a lot of people, but it's really (laughs) actually impressive to see them coming back now. See how they've, how they've changed.
2: Now, have you guys seen the watch in a Best Buy location? Where do they sell it? Is it in the Apple section or is it in the smartwatch section?
1: I haven't been in a country with a Best isn't.
2: Buy in quite a long time.
0: <laughs> I haven't been in a Best Buy for probably over a year.
2: I'm just curious where they sell it because the iPhone is not sold in the Apple section.
0: Yeah, it's in the mobile phone. The or Apple was section.
2: Last time I was there. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's in the phone section section. If you go to the Apple section, it's Max, it's Apple TV, it's iPad. Um, But they do not sell the iPhone there. So where do you put the watch? I would guess in the Apple section, but I really don't know.
1: So if you're listening to this podcast and you live near Best Buy, please tell us where the watch is because none of us tech writers have ever been in there.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I would assume Apple would want it in the Apple section, although... I wonder I if that's
1: know. part of the expansion is consolidating everything together. So all of the Apple products will be in the Apple section.
2: Well, the, yeah. part of it, too, is they're going to start selling Apple Care at Best Buy and they're going to start doing in store repairs, too. Yeah. So the first part. So I wonder how much that.
1: Yeah, go ahead. The first part, I don't understand why they weren't before. What is so special about selling Apple Care? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I could buy it online up to a year after I'd buy my thing. So anyway. Um, but the in store service part is pretty interesting. They said they're doing a 50 store a pilot program where 50 Best Buy locations will become Apple authorized service providers. And I have to wonder if they are going to staff that separately or if you're going to have to bring your Mac to Geek Squad because that doesn't seem uh, like a very Apple kind of thing.
2: Here's my theory on that. I bet you that it's going to be primarily iPhone repairs, and it's going to be with those magical machines they have in the Apple stores. And they'll just put those in the back of house at Best Buy, and you put it in there, and it fixes your phone for you. Nobody really needs to touch the thing.
1: Am I the only person for whom those machines are always broken when I go to the Apple store?
2: <laughs> I've never encountered that, no.
1: Yeah, every time I go, and which is totally fine because – that way, instead of fixing whatever's wrong, they just give you a new phone, so I have no problem with this. But yeah, every it's seemingly every single time I go to the Apple store, the machine is broken. That's how I get a new phone.
2: They, yeah, they didn't really say what was going to be repaired in store, so I wonder, will they do Mac repairs? Will they do more extensive repairs? Or how many times are you going to go in there and say, oh, we have to ship it off somewhere or something like that, well, they or specific- just give you a replacement?
1: They specifically said that they were going to become Apple-authorized service providers, so I have to assume that that means they'll service the full range. Yeah. But what can you do? Um, I don't really want to talk about Best Buy anymore. I don't know about you guys, but uh, before we move on, I do want to talk about one thing that is a subject close to my heart. Um, a lot of you don't know this about me, but I really love cloud infrastructure. Specifically, I love soft layer cloud infrastructure. Uh, if you've been listening to the podcast for the last however many weeks that I've been back from vacation, you will know that uh, I really love soft layer. Uh, I believe in them as a company, even though they now belong to IBM. Uh, they've been great to me always. Uh, they continue to be great to me, and they've been great to my friends. And they are great to you because they sponsor this awesome podcast. If you need cloud infrastructure, you need servers, uh, bare metal, VPS, you need managed, unmanaged, uh, scalable, whatever you need, uh, as a Apple Insider podcast listener, a member of that awesome class of seven people you can go to (laughs) softlayer.com forward slash podcast with a capital p again that is softlayer.com forward slash podcast with a capital p and by virtue of doing so they will give you up to five hundred dollars worth of uh, cloud services uh, bare metal servers virtual servers storage networking uh, security stuff you can put it anywhere in the world they have 24 data centers uh, all connected up to the same awesome soft software network. They have great automated management controls. Uh, and as usual, uh, their service and support is second to none. They're an absolutely great company. Software.com forward slash podcast. And they'll know Apple Insider sent you and they'll give you some free stuff. So after that awesome promotion for an IBM company, we turn in to the anti- IBM, not really the anti-IBM. That segue made no sense. But we're talking about Tesla, (laughs) which, by the way, Mikey, you made fun of me the last time for saying that somebody called the Model S the best car in the world. This morning, Consumer Reports gave it a perfect Uh, 100. And not only did they give it a perfect 100, they had to change their scale because it actually scored a 103. So I feel... You know what I... Do
0: you know where I go for my automotive decision-making? Consumer Reports? Not consumer reports. No, not consumer reports. Where do you go? Anywhere but consumer reports. (laughs) Actually, no, I lie. I go to consumer reports, see what they recommend, and I don't buy that.
1: (laughs) I will say, I don't know. I live um, in Hong Kong, and I think that they give Model S's out like when you open a new bank account now, because I see at least three or four a day. Like, just walking from my house to the supermarket, it's insanity.
0: Where I live, they're, they're lousy with them over here. I've only seen, like, two Model Xs, and I don't even see them anymore. There is no Model think mod- they broke It doesn't down. exist yet. I mean, not Model X, uh, Model... The Roadster. The Roadster. What's it re- called? Model- the
1: Roadster. It's called the Roadster.
0: Okay. Yeah, yeah I've sure. seen two of those when they first came out, and I haven't seen them since. But a lot I've, of Model Ss. I've
1: only seen one of those here, the Roadster. But yeah, a ton of Model Ss. So as the best car in the world obviously they are a candidate for poaching which apple continues to do they hired a senior tesla engineer uh sometime i don't know before we recorded this podcast uh, neil you know more about this than the rest of us put together what do you think <laughs>
2: well I, I, one thing uh this is of probably no interest to our listeners but i I'll say it anyhow. Why do these stories keep breaking at like 3 o'clock on a Friday? It's always a Apple car story at like 3 o'clock on a Friday. It's like like clockwork. Somebody has got these things coming out. But uh, yeah, Jamie Carlson is the guy's name um, and uh, some snooping was done by Reuters and uh, they found on his LinkedIn profile and that he and along with six others with experience in driving and developing self-driving cars are now uh, working at Apple's headquarters so uh, gasoline continues to be poured on the fire about a potential Apple car, and with every Friday at three o'clock, we learn more about the project.
0: No pun intended.
1: <laughs> so here's uh, the, it's, here's something I'm curious about. When you oh, work, at, yeah. yeah, when you work at Apple, um, generally speaking, you are not allowed to have a life uh, or a public persona <laughs> of any kind. Um, interestingly, the WebKit team, the team that works on the WebKit open source project and Safari, do not they are not allowed to have personal blogs. There's a WebKit blog, but they're not allowed to have personal yeah. blogs. So my question is this. Given everything that we learn about Apple from LinkedIn, why is there no corporate policy against changing your LinkedIn when you get hired?
0: They used to do that, didn't they? When LinkedIn first became like a, a thing... I'm not sure if that was on the part of the, the employees or if it was like a mandate from, from Apple. But when they got hired, it was kind of like, or hired or, or acqui hired, they would erase all all vestige of their all Apple traces ties. of their existence. Yes, basically
1: yeah. dead. I don't know. We can go back to the. Actual it's interesting story. that
2: all these rumors these rumors keep you know focusing on a self driving car, um, and because that's the I, new I, I mean I, that yeah well, it's inevitable, right? They're there going to be self-driving cars, but do you guys see a first- generation apple car driving itself or not? I don't see a first- generation Apple car to begin with.
0: Yeah, I was discussing this with um, one of my one of my friends uh, this past weekend, and we're talking about the infrastructure needed to facilitate a self-driving uh, America if or a um, self-driving China. And I don't know. It doesn't it'll happen one day, probably, but I I mean, how many years down the road is that? If Apple does have a self driving car, is it gonna be nerfed somehow? I mean, Tesla's isn't even really fully operational as far as it, you know, could be. Well demoed it.
1: What do you what do you mean by infrastructure?
0: Um well, it depends on what... Okay, like Tesla's reads speed limit signs, right? And all that kind of good stuff uses their technology. The Mercedes one uses radar to measure distances. It has to be some sort of standardization between all of these different systems for them to work well together on the road. And I don't know. Apple introducing its own self-driving car is going to add yet another format to the to the fray. Also implications as to when these things get into an accident, like who people are obviously going to go after Apple, right? I mean, they go after Apple for ridiculous stuff anyway. What, what happens then? I mean, I don't know. We're, I'm getting too far ahead of myself, but um, these are all interesting questions.
1: I don't know. I think it depends on what exactly you... I think that there's a fundamental lack of vision on the part of everyone, including myself, about what the future of cars actually is. Um, and I think...
0: for Flying that, vehicles. I
1: think for that reason, that's that's my primary reasoning behind why I don't think that there's an apple car on the horizon because like, so what do you think they're
2: hiring for them
1: I mean I don't know I'm absolutely certain, I, that, there I, is, I'm absolutely certain that there is I am absolutely certain that there's some kind of bigger car play in the works right
0: Yeah I don't think it's just a car I think they want to make a car system like a like a sub system that you can perhaps license out to any car manufacturer I don't really see them selling marketing a you know turnkey solution like a like a rebadged I3, no, I three yeah, or not I yeah something like that.
2: So you see them just making the brains of a self driving car or
0: what? Yeah, I mean why not? It, it otherwise OEMs have to, you know, do the research R and D themselves and then we all know car technology is not they're not the car companies are not the best at rolling out that kind of stuff.
1: Well, and here's my other thing. So why not a tech? Here's my other thing. We've based, aside from that one, was it Reuters or the journal, the original report about Project Titan. Aside from that, we've based the vast majority of our thought process on who they're hiring. They're hiring people from the automotive world. Well, a lot of stuff goes on to build a car, Right. There are a lot of processes mm-hmm. and different subsystems that have nothing to do with a car, but are nonetheless very important and deeply technical. And if Apple has shown nothing else, they've shown a willingness to hire smart people and let them do other stuff.
2: Okay, but can we all at least agree on this? Can we say definitively that we all think that somewhere in Apple's top secret skunk works is a car project, whether or not it sees the light of day?
1: There is a vehicular probably. project ever- of some kind.
2: I mean, they they have to be doing something like this, right? It's just the, it's an inevitability of technology and it's a huge market that has a lot of opportunity. If Apple weren't looking at it, it would be a disservice to the company, I think.
0: Yeah, I don't know if it's an inevitability, but I think that it is definitely something that they're, it's worth sinking a couple million dollars into. Well, I, you know, you, on his couch.
2: You, you you backed off it earlier. You're saying we we're getting too far ahead of ourselves, but let's get far ahead of ourselves. Let's envision a future where uh, it's proven that um, self-driving cars are so much safer than humans driving cars that uh, some municipalities or states or countries start to ban people behind the wheel. Companies that aren't in on that miss out on that market potential, right? Mm-hmm. So if Apple's looking 30, 40, maybe more years down the road, which, why wouldn't they be, right? They have to uh, imagine where things are going to go and wh- what they want their devices to be in the future. I think they have to be in that market. I think that they have to be looking at it. Yeah, but here's, They have to be
0: in transportation?
1: But here's the thing. Here's the thing. You, that is a very America-centric view of things. There are three major first-world car consumers, right? It's the U.S., China... And Australia, if we're including China in the first world, right? It's the U.S., China, and Australia. Every almost every oh, <laughs> almost every other developed country uses has and uses a well-designed and well-developed public transit infrastructure. I haven't driven a car since I left the states. It's been four years now. Um, if I and that includes traveling, essentially around the world. I think I drove a car once when I went back to America. But if we're taking a, a long-term worldwide view, and China, even China, by the way, having a car is very much a, uh, a status symbol and not a necessity. You can easily, easily live your life in China without ever driving a car, ever, or sitting in a car or doing anything involving a car that wasn't a taxi. So we're looking far into the future. I mean, there's, no, there's going to be no Apple car revenue stream in three years, Right. There could be an Apple car right. of the stream in 10 or 15 years. But if we look 10 or 15 years into the future, the world outside of the U.S. and probably Australia is going to be a very different place with regard to transit infrastructure.
0: What if they're building an Uber bus system? That's kind
1: exactly of. what someone was describing the other day, actually. Um, the new They were talking about, I think it was Tesla's uh, autopilot and they were talking about a scenario in which the car picks one person up, drops them off, picks another person up, picks another person up, drops the first person off. And somebody tweeted and said, a bus. They're describing a bus. Which, Ellen has <laughs> actually, he's actually said that. He's like, the, the electric car is not going to save the world, right? It's the electric truck and the electric bus and what have you and so forth. The, that's mm-hmm. what people miss about Tesla, right? The long-term view of Tesla is not to be the next Chevy, right? It's to, the, the, the Model S Exists and the Roadster existed before it to enable the next generation of electric vehicles. Whether they're family sedans is a whole different story. I don't think they will be. That's my primary problem with an Apple Car: is that you're looking uh, developing a car is a is looking twenty years into the future, and twenty years into the future looks much different for the car than it does today.
0: It's a big gamble for a company that has no prior knowledge of that industry although i guess they could hire people but but still even pe- even the transportation industry itself has no idea where it's going
2: is, is it too big of a gamble though i mean they have 200 billion dollars in cash but it's not just, i don't know so. that anything could be aside from a project to like build the death star i don't know if there's a project that could be too big of a gamble <laughs> for apple
0: that's a surefire hit uh yeah
2: let's blow up the moon you know <laughs> if that that's what they're gonna do with their money okay but other than that like i feel like they it's pocket change for them. If they so, if they sunk fifty billion dollars into a project like this, it still wouldn't do anything to the company.
1: But don't no 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 don't think depends about
0: depends on the direction it's going.
1: Don't think about it in financial mm-hmm. terms. Think about it as opportunity cost. Because we've already heard that they're yeah. pulling that they pulled a thousand engineers or whatever from other places and other teams yeah. are suffering because of it. That's the real problem yeah. with pursuing a
2: massive project that doesn't work. But I feel like when you have an established product out it's future generations are almost inevitable right it just kind of gets set on a path you know what the iphone is going to gain you know what the apple watch is going to gain the camera's going to get better it's going to get thinner you know the, really the next generation of, of phones uh, is longer battery life is where a lot of the focus is going to be you just know that i mean you can picture what an iphone will look 5 years down the road what's coming with the watch is only one generation output. We know what it needs to get, what needs to be added, where it can get better. So I, I, you don't making a new product in a whole new product category is a much more difficult thing to do, I think.
1: Well, the other thing is you look at their product development process by, aside from the iPad, which was kind of an odd, uh, an odd duck in Apple's history, they look at stuff that sucks now. That they can improve because, by and large, cars don't suck, right? I mean, if you buy a crappy car, it's gonna suck. But generally speaking, you can get a good car that's not bad for not a lot of money. So, well, if I can, if I could, if I could have a car
2: that 15 years from now is just like a living room on wheels, and I just kind of sit there and and you know take a nap, make phone calls, you know read a book, uh, and, and that and that allows me to get where I need to go. That really changes the world that we live in now. I could, instead of you know taking a, a flight, I could just you know book my trip around uh, when I'm going to sleep, get in a car, lay down and sleep, wake up eight hours later wherever i was going to go and not have to deal with all the crap flying. So I, I could see a world where cars are a million times better than they are right now because driving is such a waste of time. You can't do anything other than listen to us on a great podcast while you
0: drive. Well, you could probably do other That's things. That's a sad view of the world. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't want to live in a well, world not in, where not in- we
1: were the only entertainment option. <laughs>
2: But right I mean think about if you drive like 10 hours think of all the wasted time there that you could do something with you can work you yeah, can yeah, yeah. No, sleep no, you could. nobody do
1: disputes that right my I, I think that would be absolutely amazing and that world definitely is coming but right when a car just becomes a bus what does so assume in your future scenario it actually is just a living room on wheels right you don't do anything with this right. living room you have a TV or whatever and uh, you sit in the chair and you go to sleep, and the car does everything else automatically by itself. What does Apple yeah. bring to the table? Right, an Apple-designed living room would be the most uncomfortable living room made by man. <laughs> it would look great, though. It would look fantastic, but it would be terribly uncomfortable. You wouldn't be able to sleep. Everything you did
2: would smudge.
1: It would just be. It would be horrendous. So, what is
2: rich, rich Corinthian leather on all the seats? <laughs> yeah, dyed so white. Twenty
1: years in the future, when a car is a utility, what yes. what do they bring to the table?
2: it's uh who was it um was it Goswiak or was it eddie q somebody said uh a a few months ago that uh, they could see the car becoming the centerpiece of your connected life i mean you know as a connected device uh, a car obviously has a lot of potential and the potential becomes greater the less that you have to worry about driving while you're in the
0: car i don't want to stay in my car longer than i already do
2: I don't either, but if you could make the experience better and I could actually like work while I was in my car or something, that'd be great.
1: Well, you can. You just hire a driver and you sit in the back seat. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If you do actually at some point end up with a car that is a utility, one thing you're going to want to do is uh, travel. As Neil said, uh, you can sleep in the back of your car while it takes you, you know, to somewhere else. I don't know where it could really take you, or you could need one of the products that I'm about to talk about, but we'll just assume a fantasy world where it could happen. Uh, I took a look at uh, two things for what has been unfortunately named uh, the digital nomad, which is kind of what I am. Um, and actually is what everyone on this podcast is. Um, we move around a lot. We work on our laptops, etc. cetera. Uh, the first one is the one adapter twist plus, uh, which is a, a worldwide travel adapter that comes with, plugs for every every country, and every plug form factor. Um, if you travel a lot to different places where you need adapters, you know that the ones that exist now kind of suck um, for a lot of reasons. Uh, the primary problem is that they're huge and bulky, and when you try to plug stuff into them, it makes them even huger and bulkier and very annoying. So what one adapter did is they designed an adapter that actually fits on to a MacBook charger or an Apple charger and then plugs into the wall. Um, There have been others. They're not the first by any stretch of the imagination, Uh, but it's definitely the most well-executed among them. Uh, You just, to switch uh, plugs, a lot of the other ones that are out there in the market now, you have different, you have little pieces of plastic, right? Just like the little like you switch uh, an Apple charger from the core to the wall plug. Um, All of the other ones you take off, you pull off one, like the British plug, and put on an American plug. Uh, With the one adapter, you sort of just twist it, and it goes through the range of possible available plugs, which is really handy. Uh, The second awesome feature about it is that it actually comes with uh, four built-in USB ports, which can charge, uh, I think, up to two iPads uh, concurrently at full full tilt, uh, and then two iPhones. Uh, For me, it worked really well. Um, I was able to charge mine, my wife's, and her friend's uh, devices while sitting in an airport, and I didn't have to get yelled at by anyone. So that was very (laughs) nice and a a change from my usual traveling regimen. Um, But yeah, if you are looking for a travel adapter and you have a MacBook, um, I really recommend taking a look at the One adapter before you go buy one of those stupid ones you can buy in the airport. It's, It's a worthwhile upgrade. If you don't carry a travel adapter with you, then you probably don't care about anything I just said. Um, yeah, there you go. The second thing I looked at is a USB LED lamp, and I'll wait for you all to go to sleep and turn the podcast off. Hmm? Ready? No. Okay. <laughs> anyway, no. If you uh, if you do travel a lot and you you stay in Airbnbs or whatever, uh, and you work from those places, uh, the lighting is often really crappy, um, and a lot of people have turned to USB LED lamps uh, in a fit of just terrified rage. Uh, most of the most of them are little. Little uh, like a sticks that you plug into your USB port, and they they make your keyboard brighter and whatever. Those are completely useless. Don't ever buy one of those. If you do want to buy a USB LED lamp, buy one uh, with a longer cord that you can actually move around. And if you do want to buy one of those, you should buy the Nimbus USB LED lamp that I reviewed. Primarily because it's small, it's light, and it's bright as hell. It will light up the entire room that you're sitting in, and that's what you want from a lamp so i can really say no more about it and i will say no more about it because we have a far more interesting subject to talk about which is the next version of everyone's favorite kickstarter the coin uh they're coming out with a new version that will actually work in the future and mikey tell us about it mm.
0: uh so they're integrating the chip and well chip and and signature here or chip and pin system, something that it lacked previously, and they're also, quote, future-proofing it by getting over the air uh, firmware updates and stuff like that. Um, I mean, it's only going to support chip and signature when you use
2: it in an NFC terminal and tap to pin, not when you swipe.
0: Yeah. So, there's limited use there. I mean, it'll probably work with most systems depending on where you shop at but uh it probably won't work with the um the big cadre right neil the uh, currency people
2: yeah if they don't enable um nfc payments which would also exclude apple pay then this would not work with chip and signature or internationally chip and pin readers
0: yeah so i mean it's a good step in the right direction and something that probably should have been included on the first version since it took so long to ship um,
1: Sound more. So better. we'll
0: be getting that in a couple of years. Uh, yeah. Well. Uh, hey, I uh, signed up for my free upgrade, and I'll be getting it in the first uh, part of uh, 2016.
2: And it's free for everyone who bought the first coin, including people like me who got it like two weeks ago. Um, Mikey, how has your experience been with Coin? Because mine has been mostly hit, but a lot of myths.
0: Wait what, most of the hit, but a lot of miss, yes, interesting so are you are you saying like it'll work after a couple tries? No,
2: uh, sometimes it just gets outright rejected. I would say uh, it, it works most places, but I'll give you an example last night, uh, my wife and I went out to dinner and I pulled the coin out, I um, unlocked it, connected it to my phone, chose the credit card I wanted, put it in the thing you know with my receipt, so the guy could could go swipe it. He went and grabbed it, went to another table to take their order, finally moseyed his way over to swipe it, swiped it about 10 times, didn't work, came back and said I couldn't get it to work. I have no idea if it was the card, if it was the reader, if it was a chip and pin issue, or if he waited so long that the card relocked itself because when it came back, the screen was off and it, it was a battery saving mechanism at that point. So I, I literally have no idea what went wrong there. Um, I've had it rejected at various places. I've had it work at places. I've had it rejected by chip and pin readers. I've had it work with chip and pin readers. I would say it probably works seventy percent of the time, but that's not good enough.
0: Yeah, I've had the same experience. Uh, the power saving is very fairly aggressive, so he probably ju- it probably just timed out by the time he got to the to the reader. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, then there's also the he, – he might have also just swiped it wrong because it, it's a very specific swipe, right? I mean it's not like a regular credit card.
2: You're swiping it wrong. Have you noticed that? <laughs> I haven't had issues when I'm swiping it. Um, I haven't used it at an ATM yet. That's where I'm most curious to use it. Um you, you can use the coin with all kinds of cards. You can use it with like gift cards and stuff. So I guess if you really wanted to consolidate all that crap, it's good. But one of the problems that they're addressing with 2.0 that is a big problem with the 1.0 is if you have a bunch of credit cards like I do um, and a lot of them end up being Visa cards because it's everywhere you want to be, um, then – You don't know which card is which unless you memorize the last four numbers on it. So I have like six Visa cards in there, and it's like, well, which one ends with these numbers? Which one expires in 2019? So they're addressing this with 2.0, and you're going to be able to do nicknames on the cards. So like I have a Wells Fargo debit slash ATM card, but it just shows up in my coin as Visa. So in coin 2.0, you're going to be able to change the LCD to read... Uh, what it is, so I can put ATM on there and not have it just say Visa. I thought
1: you could. Oh, did you do get that.
0: the? Did you? Yeah, you can do it with the new version of the app. Although I don't think you can do it with every card. You
2: can't. You can't do it because I think the readout on the screen is limited in terms of the letters or something. I don't know. Because what happened was I launched the app, I entered in uh, custom names for two of the cards, and then I saw that there was an option in settings to apply for Coin Two Point and then I went back and it no longer let me enter custom names for the cards anymore and they're not showing up on my card so i i don't know if it locked me out because i said i wanted the new card or something i don't <laughs> did yours update is it actually like letting you put custom oh you names?
0: want a new card do you well then i'm sorry you're not gonna get this feature i don't know
2: I, I don't know what the limitation would be but in their announcement they said that you'd be able to do it with the 2.0 card they did not say anything with current card
0: um i don't No, hold on let me let me check hold on okay
1: <laughs> I haven't seen Jeopardy in a long time. Okay.
0: Mm, yep, well, let's see. Hold on. My... Let me try syncing here. Yeah, I think it's still showing up as Visa and MasterCard.
2: Yeah, I think it's exclusive to the, to the new card. I wonder if it's something to do with the LCD on it. It can only display certain letters because they're stupid the way they designed it. That's my guess. Mm, could can be the just, firmware.
1: Should we just stop for a moment and yeah, think about the fact that we're talking about having to update our credit cards.
2: <laughs> the future <laughs> is stupid. It's the future. I I want to like this product more than I do. It works enough that I keep carrying it with me, but uh, you know, it, it's got to work 99.9% of the time for you to be able to take it with you and not have to worry. And as it is right now, I still have to bring my cards with me as a backup because the coin doesn't always work. And it works enough of the time that it's frustrating because it's like, you're so close. Um, I would say coin is an awful thing to use if you're going to restaurants because restaurants presumably aren't going to have tap to pay. After October, it, that's not going to be a place where you pay like that, unless they, you know, work out some way to make it work with their iPhone and the, and the waiter comes up with a terminal like they do in Europe. But um, I think Coin is maybe ATM replacement if you swipe at the grocery store replacement. But if handing it off to somebody else, they're going to lock on itself or they're not going to swipe it right or something, and, and that seems to be where all the problems come with it.
1: Yeah, I was just about to ask. Are with the chip and signature change? Are they going to do the bring you the terminal thing? Because they do that in Europe. I don't and don't else with chip and pin, so that you can enter your PIN right, like they do that here. But uh, it's a chip cult- and signature- it's a cultural
2: thing in the US. Though. Yeah.
0: Do you know why they won't do it? Because it's uh, more convenient for the customer. So. That's not going to happen here. I'm well,
1: sorry. here, it depends where you are. Like, if I go to eat... Say, like, America. If I go to, Amer- America. If, like, if I go to eat lunch at the Mandarin, right? They're going to take my card and then bring me your receipt back. But if I go to eat lunch at, like, you know, I don't know, a cafe that's not the Mandarin, yeah. but it's not McDonald's, they bring me the, the reader.
0: Yeah. I don't know. I, there, there's an interesting article about the whole, um, yeah, like Neil said, the culture behind it, how we've been kind of... Our muscle memories are... And our our whole cultural experience with the credit card is not associated with the whole tapping to pay thing. So it might take a little while, I think, before that becomes a thing.
2: That is the most it's such a weird justification thing. ever. Well, but I mean, you can write literally anything down that you want when they ask you to sign, and it means nothing. Yeah, like, you I could, could write hieroglyphics pictures. on there, and they would. Yeah, and they would approve of it. So by its nature. The way we do it in the U.S. is not secure because if you do it anywhere else, you have to enter in a PIN number, and somebody doesn't know your PIN number, then they can't use your credit card. In the U.S., we just scribble down something that you can't even read, and oh, all of a sudden, your your transaction is authorized. Well, well that's more for the, it's the, only a,
0: the company to uh, cover themselves, right? Yeah.
1: It's only a PIN above yeah, but, a certain amount.
0: Yeah, true. Yeah.
2: But in the U.S., you can buy something for $2,000. There's no PIN number required. You just write hieroglyphics on a piece of paper or a digital screen and there you go. You're, you're good to go. So this is a product that will appeal to a very limited market. I One of the things that I wish that I could do um, and it won't work with the readers in New York City is to replace my Metro card and have that be something that I could swipe at a terminal but it's too thick for that. Because the Metro cards here are paper, and they're not going to replace all the systems to make a thicker card go through it. So, you know, I would never use it for a gift card. I don't have that many gift cards or anything like that. So uh, the more I use it, the less and less I find reason to use it.
1: So here's a question. If they're going to support Chip and Signature via NFC, why would people not use
2: Apple Pay over that? Exactly. Good question or or Android Pay or anything, pay yeah, yeah, pay. whatever. I mean, at yeah, that point, point, yeah, I mean, I guess, I guess, here's what the advantage would be um, kind of like, um, like if you use the uh, Charlie card in, in Boston or many other places, obviously, where they have public transit, um, it uses just a tap pay functionality, so people often just take their wallet, tap that, and don't pull out the card. So yeah. if you didn't want to dig your, I mean, I mean. I guess if you didn't want to dig your phone out and uh you just had your wallet there and you could tap it, that might be a scenario where you would use it. But even then that's not gonna work with uh the coin being to pull it out and turn on the card in order to authorize the payment. So yeah. not really seeing a lot of justification here. There was an interesting card a few years ago and I think that I don't think they're around anymore. Have you guys heard of the wallaby? I've heard of the yeah. animal called oh, the sounds- wallaby
0: sounds adorable.
2: <laughs> so th- it was an interesting concept and I signed up for it and they never mailed me the card. That's why I'm guessing it just never caught off. But basically what it was was a smart rewards system where you would swipe the Wallaby. Wallaby would know where all of your current bonuses for points were and it would intelligently choose the right credit card. So they would authorize the transaction and then take a small fee of it and, th- and they would hand that transaction over your credit card company so like i have a discover card and every three months they have like rotating benefits so i may get more points one month at restaurants with my discover card wallaby cut out all the work and would do it for you the problem is they never actually ship product to me so um, but that was something I'm, that i thought um, was pretty cool
1: i'm looking now and wallaby exists it looks like it's an app now
2: well what's the point of that
1: I have absolutely no idea. I'm just telling you. The part that it. made the
2: idea cool was it was just a regular credit card. It went through like a normal credit card. It was everything normal about it. But it intelligently on the back end figured out where to authorize the transaction. I would think I think it would be cool if Apple could do something like that. And you've got all your cards in there. It knows because it talks to you know the Discover app and the Quicksilver app and whatever else. It knows which one is going to get you the best points for this purchase. I think that would be great. I agree. I agree.
1: Well, I think we have, fortunately for everyone listening to this, run out of Apple News for this week. So we will take this opportunity <laughs> to no longer bother you and you can get back to your very important lives. Um, <laughs> as always, if you are listening, please go on iTunes and rate us and feel free to call Neil a horrible person. You wouldn't be the first. Um, <laughs> And if you'd like to follow us elsewhere, uh, I am on Apple Insider. Neil, other than Apple Insider, where are
2: you? I am on Twitter at This Is Neil. Yes,
1: he is not Joel Osteen, as we said last week. I just want to reiterate. No. Mikey, where are you?
0: I am on the Twitters at Mikey Campbell eighty one.
1: Excellent. Mikey Campbell eighty no no underscores no special characters no smiley faces
0: Nope. no nope. emoji nope. no no. Only in my tweets.
1: <laughs> I am I am disappointed that you have no emoji. Well, that's it. Thank you guys for listening, and uh, we'll see you next week.